All right, shall we dive in? I'm Zan Gruel. I'm Paige Berg. And I'm Lexis Gordon. In case you're new to us, we're The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. If you want to learn more about us, head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com, that's habit with a Y, to book a free consult call. Welcome back. Season finale, ladies. No. That's crazy. Yes. I know. I know. But I'm sure there's probably sick of hearing this so it's okay, you know. But we always like to do something special for our season finale. We're kind of doing this um, second year in a row, but we like to just kind of do a Q&A from our community. So we have gathered all the greatest questions that you ladies have asked us, and we're just going to be going through talking about all the different topics. Um, but first, before we dive in, I want to welcome Coach Chloe. It's her first episode ever being on a podcast. Woo-hoo! Welcome, Chloe. Thank you. Super Yay! excited to be here. Welcome. <laughs> and Yay. don't worry, it's not live like Lisa <laughs> thought it was. <laughs> oh my God. I was like shaking in my boots the first time. I was like, this is terrifying. <laughs> They're going to see all my no. mistakes. Nope. Oh. <laughs> We used to do Facebook Lives, you guys. It was crazy. I was literally like sweating through my shirt the very first yes, time I had I one. I would have too. I so nerve-wracking. So full crew on the mic for this episode for the season finale. Before we get into all the amazing questions, I just wanted to do a short little segment about our go-to self-care activities that we've been implementing during all of the madness in the world. I know that self-care has been a top priority for us coaches, so I just wanted to kind of go through them and maybe give our listeners some ideas of what they can start implementing. So, um, Chloe, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I think my main sort of self-care, I love journaling. So I'll journal first thing when I wake up in the morning, kind of just get myself grounded, um, like to stay super present and mindful and start my day off on a super high note. And as much as I love watching Netflix and all of that stuff, (laughs) I try to read for at least 20 minutes a day, keep my brain nice and sharp. (laughs) I got to take that tip because every time I try reading, I always quit after like one book. Just like set a little timer. (laughs) What are you reading, Chloe? I'm currently reading a book called The Death of Mrs. Westaway. It's a like a psychological thriller those are my favorites um i love a good plot twist so love yeah it's really good juicy you need to read a woman in the window oh i've read that one yes that one is so good good. yeah my (laughs) favorite book is called the patient it's you oh my gosh (gasps) i've heard that's so good i heard when i read it i was sitting on the couch and i audibly gasped like when it happened I was like no way it was crazy yeah I 10 out of 10 right, would, okay, recommend, now I gotta read it. Yep. would recommend that book to anybody all right on have it. they turned it into a movie because then I'll watch it <laughs> not yet it's very new give it time Zan's like I'm not <laughs> no you guys it's so sad I used to be the biggest reader like I asked one year for my birthday for my mom to just get me a basket of books. Like, who does that as a child? But (laughs) I think, and it's so sad, but I think college ruined it for me. We were required to read so many books I had zero interest in that it just, I don't know, it burnt me out. But 
anyway, so uh, Paige, what have been some of your self-care activities or routine? My favorite three have been first just waking up and stretching right away. Like I go to the bathroom and I put on my Apple watch and I go right to the family room and just start stretching. It's just so nice to like wake up super slowly. I don't even look at my phone. I just stretch for like a good 20 or 30 minutes. Um, and then my like two ridiculously beauty, like self-care, moments have been body scrubbing (laughs) in the shower and hair masking body scrubbing wow when i first read that i was like i i scrub my body in the shower too like i didn't know that was self-care <laughs> exfoliating i should say okay, okay. i'm glad yeah. you cleanse yourself in the shower <laughs> oh you guys you mean you wash yourself when you get yeah okay okay wait actually a little so tangent real quick do you guys wash your feet in the shower or do you just let the water and the soap wash it for yourself i just let the water and the soap same. wash it the latter thank you mm. i am the same well, <laughs> sometimes i feel like i have smelly feet so i have to give them extra gloves every you know? once like, in a while I mean, but it's definitely not an everyday yeah. thing no, yeah. no 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 maybe not an everyday oh i don't even but... shower every day Paige. <laughs> oh me neither i don't either i don't either me? No, I take, do like, you as that kind of Zan? Zan. Zan showers like three times a day. <gasps> oh, you're one of those. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Just to no, no, clean no. Let me, I mean, I would work out. You're, I would shower. And then if I go coach classes and I'm around sweaty people, I can't get into my bed cl- like dirty. So I usually, okay. I take a minimum of two showers a day. Like full hair? No. Uh-uh. Two? Okay. I wash my okay. hair one to two times a week. Tops. Yeah. Okay. Me and Chloe are in the same um, hair washing schedule, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I love it. Alexis, what have been some of your self-care routines? So first, I've been listening to tons of podcasts, trying to get education anywhere I can. So while I'm not reading lots of books, I'm definitely listening to a variety of podcasts Um, and tons of walking, obviously. Um... When I first had the baby, I kind of had to cut back on the walking, but now I'm getting back to it. And I actually just got cleared today by my by my OB to resume all of my normal Yay. activities. So Yay. I can get back to working out and doing everything and baths. I was taking a million baths every single day, like before I had the baby. And then, I don't know, they, they tell you not to take baths after births for a while. So I, I didn't, and now I can. So I'm excited to get back to that too, because I love baths at night with candles and bubbles Ooh. and so relaxing. I love it. I know yeah. you were like the bubble bath queen so when you were pregnant. It was great to watch. I know. I know. <laughs> like, dang. I know. And they kept telling me like, don't make it too hot. But like, who wants to sit in a cool no, bath so I would still make it hot? And I'm like thinking to myself, I hope my baby's not like burning inside my stomach. <laughs> burning to a crisp. Like, oops, it's too hot. No, I tried to keep it lukewarm, but like, that's boring. Why can't you have baths after you give birth? Because like you have an open wound where like on the inside of your body, basically where like your placenta was attached, like oh. attached and like where the baby was. And so it, they say that it can get infected if like stuff mm. gets up there and like, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, you want it to like heal on the inside first. It's literally an open wound the size of like a Stop plate, it. they say. Oh my yeah. goodness. I know. I know. Great visual, right? Zan, your face. Oh, my so. older sister is giving yeah. me gory details. So I'm like, okay. okay oh yeah. Thank you. Her... Her oldest son broke her tailbone when 
she gave birth to him. Ooh. I know. How does that happen? Because he was so big. He broke her tailbone. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. (laughs) So, um, a couple of mine. Well, first off, I do think sometimes treating yourself to one of your favorite foods is self-care. So, um, I I have to include donuts here. (laughs) I'm so annoying. I know. I (laughs) Just very predictable. Just so predictable. (laughs) Well, our of one of my um, roommates just had a birthday brunch, and of course, I was in charge of getting donuts, and it made my day. So, um, that looked so good. That spread. Oh my god! I live um, two blocks away from a donut shop, so yeah, it's kind of dangerous. Um, so that's one. I've still been enjoying my donuts, and then um, honestly, I've been just really trying to upkeep my um exercise routine because I know that some of us we've lost motivation there are days where I'm like hell no I don't want to even move my body today but I know like I'll regret it at the end of the day and it's typically the first thing I do so kind of like Chloe said I like to just kind of get my mind right for the rest of the day and it really helps clear any stress or anxiety and so I've really been sticking to you know five to six times a week for sure of implementing that and yeah I'm proud that I have been doing that since, you know, the world is so crazy and it's easy to kind of fall off. So, yeah. Okay. We are going to get into this. So I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit because one of the first ones I want to talk about is, in my opinion, very easy to answer. So we had a question come in that said, any advice for a bride who wants to look and feel her best on her wedding day? What is the best way to get in shape in a healthy and sustainable way? (laughs) <laughs> macros <Ooh>. right <laughs> yes. absolutely so um both Paige and Lexis you guys ha- have been brides you guys are married so um I felt like you guys might be able to add to this so what do you feel like you guys did that helped it be a little bit more sustainable along the way so for me um I I think my number one tip here is start early. Um, the, the, the word sustainable is what I think about here. And it's like, I did not want to be the bride that did a crash diet. I did not want to start a month before my wedding and starve myself every day. So I was like, okay, how can I, you know, do this for a long time in a slow, slow, slow way to really get into the shape I wanted to. So I honestly started my like wedding prep nine months before I got married in a very, very slow, easy cut. That was still, I think the lowest that my calories got were, I don't know, 1500, but like that was, you know, nothing crazy. And I was really trying to be gentle with my body and just really gain like muscle and tone and just I don't know. I just didn't want to crash diet. So I think that my biggest advice is to start as early as you can and to just really go slow and steady and still, you know, I would do date nights every single week with, with Ellery, um, just because I like to have one untracked meal and there was no guilt. There was no, you know, and I still got in the best shape of my life for my wedding. I felt so, so confident and beautiful. And so I would just say slow and steady wins the race, no crash dieting and just enjoy it and have fun with it along the way and keep your wedding like in your you know, in your mind. And that's your goal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Be my advice. Anything else to add to that page? What about you, P? No. (laughs) Exactly. I was going to say all of that, truly. Well, you're kind of having like two (laughs) weddings anyway, so. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, so for some of our like newbie trackers, um, a question came in that said, you know, when first people, st- when people begin their macro journey, why do we always see crazy things to hit their macro numbers? Like chugging three protein shakes or weird concoctions to hit their numbers. And how soon do you coaches see people make that switch to eating more whole food sources? So I actually... Um, I don't know. I think that was like the first time a client has ever asked me that. And I thought it was very observant of her to kind of see, you know, all the different things on social media that people are posting or like why we're always talking about powders and protein bars. And so my simplistic answer was, I mean, and this is a general statement, most women struggle to hit their protein. And when they get assigned their macros, they realize how far off they really were from hitting that number. And so you know, while they're kind of getting into the swing of tracking, um, we typically recommend utilizing a powder or a protein bar just so it's easier for them to hit that number. But then while they get a little bit more comfortable, learn about all the variety of foods out there, educate themselves a little bit more, that's when that switch starts to happen throughout that process. And so I just want to like reassure everyone, like powders and bars are not required by any means. I mean, we just did, you know, a challenge or carb challenge that was trying to teach our clients to eliminate processed goods. And so I think it's just kind of a good crutch to have at the beginning of your journey. Would you guys agree? Absolutely, yeah. Do you guys feel like you did the same thing when you first started? Yeah, I would say... I would say for like a majority answer on this, I would say in the first like four to five to six weeks is kind of when people start to make that transition because on our program too, we as coaches start to prompt you to start to think that way as well. So the first four weeks is all about just like finding your rhythm and consistency. And sometimes, yeah, that means like doing crazy things to meet your numbers. Um, Some people never stop drinking protein shakes because they truly like them and they don't affect their body. Um, But yes, I would say around like week five or six is when we as coaches, you know, really prompt that client to start thinking about quality of food and how that impacts not only their ability to see progress, but how it like truly makes them feel. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say this is kind of like a hard exact answer to have, but that's, you know, from a program standpoint, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where we start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still drink like two protein shakes a day because it's so convenient. And I just like the convenience of, you know, if you're on the go, you Mm -hmm. can just bring a shaker anywhere you go with you. Can I, or can I have add something to that one really quick? Yes. Of course. Um, I think a big thing for the reason that why some people like can kind of do all those crazy things is like at the start, you don't know what you don't know. You know, like when you first get your numbers and you try to look back on what you've been eating. Like I have some girlfriends who like live off of carbs only like carbs and fat. They'll have pasta for lunch, pasta for dinner, like all this kind of stuff. So when you give them a number with like 130 grams of protein, they're like, where do I get that from? You know? Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. at the beginning, when you're kind of just learning, you'll do whatever you need to do to hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously more, once you start to realize that you can get your protein from other things that are more whole food sources, then you just kind of mm-hmm. start to like fall into that learning process. Absolutely. And there's no wrong or right way. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, Paige said, if you like 
protein shakes and all these weird fancy concoctions, then do your thing. You want, I think Lexa said it best. If you are not enjoying the foods that you're eating, you are doing it wrong. Hands down. I love that. I have definitely quoted you a time or two on that one. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so true, right? Like we're not yeah. children. We are adults that get to make decisions about what we eat every single day. Why would you ever eat something you're like, oh, this is so gross. Like what? Why mm-hmm. are you doing that? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, honestly, it's as simple as that. Why are you <laughs> eating something you don't enjoy? Mm-hmm. We it's, have the freedom to eat whatever we mm-hmm. want. It's like, come exactly. on, guys. Um, so I want to get into a couple of questions that deal with kind of like the adjustment of macros and, you know, how that affects your body and like basically different signals to cue us as coaches to tweak your numbers. And so the first one that I really wanted to highlight was why do you need more fuel once you start losing weight and fat rather than the other way around? I feel like it is like very or a lot of people think like, oh, I lost weight. That means, you know, in order for me to continue losing weight, I need to continue cutting my macros when it is literally the opposite. And so I just wanted to highlight that because I know a lot of our Mm -hmm. clients go through that and like need to understand the rationale behind it so they're not so afraid of more macros, basically. Does anyone want to take that one? (laughs) That's a loaded question, honestly. You want me to start it? I can start off. So what I've told my clients, because I've actually had to recently tweak their numbers by bumping it up. um, So the first feedback that I need as a coach is, are you starting to be hungrier than normal? Yes, when you're in a calorie deficit, it's normal to experience a little bit of hunger, of course. But if it's like excruciating where you're on the verge of binging at the end of the night or you are so weak during a workout that you can barely pick up that dumbbell that you were lifting like a week or two ago, that is a signal that your body needs more fuel. And what is happening is essentially you're leaning down, losing more fat, building more muscle, which means your metabolism is starting to speed up. And therefore, you're burning more calories Mm -hmm. in a given day than you were before, which means your body needs more calories. Mm -hmm. Remember, we don't want you to be in such a severe um, Mm -hmm. deficit to where your body just completely stalls and plateaus. And so... The reward for all your hard work of losing all this fat and weight is more food. And so think of it that way. Reframe reframe your mind to say like, wow, like I have just worked my butt off and now I get to eat more and you will continue to see results. I think it's just kind of getting over that hump of fear Mm -hmm. of more macros. And once you like they see like it really is affecting them positively, that fear dissipates after a while. And I I love that the way that the question was worded was, why do you need more fuel, right? Because one of the things I always say to my clients is food is fuel. And I think a lot of people don't think of it that way. And, you know, they're wanting to lose weight. So they think, okay, losing weight means eat less food when like, that's just like you just said, reframe your mind. But I think It's just so, so important to understand that like food is fuel and your body is a machine. So if you're constantly underfeeding your body for years, your metabolism is shot, your hormones are probably shit, sorry. (laughs) And you know, you have to, you have to fix that first. And so once you start on that, on that new road of fixing those things, your body's going to start craving more food more. Cause it's like, oh, my, my body is feeding me the way it needs to. And the more consistent you are with the same amount of food, same amount of food, your body's going to start wanting more and more and more. And your metabolism is going to catch up with that. And it's just, 
I don't know. I mm-hmm. just feel like it's just the way it goes and and people need to trust mm-hmm. it. It's really hard to trust that because people don't want to eat more food. They always think if I eat more food, I'm going to gain weight. And it's just really hard to, to teach mm-hmm. someone that that's Absolutely. just not the case. So, and on tough. that note, you know, on the topic of reversing out of your deficit and getting more towards your maintenance numbers, I know that this was a question um, that you heard, Paige. How do we know or how does a person know if their metabolism has been kind of messed up from the past of whether it was fad dieting or being in a deficit and then going to maintenance numbers and kind of switching back and forth between that? Like, does that have a negative effect on your metabolism, you know, Mm -hmm. down the road? Yeah. And I I was going to add on to maybe to the last question because they're Mm -hmm. sort of similar in how they're worded. But I think we have to be conscious too that this isn't a decision that we make in two weeks time. Um, if your macros are working for you, we're going to keep them at where they are, depending on how they're making you feel. And if they're aligned with your goals still, if you don't want to lose any more weight or fat, you know, we're going to have you go to a different set of numbers. Um, but let's say, you know, you're tracking consistently, you're doing, you know, all the quote unquote, quote unquote, right things in terms of, you know, keeping your stress low, getting good quality sleep, getting enough fiber, getting water, enough water, you know, just mm-hmm. a couple things <laughs> to keep in mind. But we take all of the data into consideration in terms of how we would adjust, if at all. Um, so let's say you want to stay in a deficit and your deficit numbers aren't working for you. We would change them again over at least a period of three to four weeks And you have to be consistent on top of that for us to make informed decisions on how to adjust your macros. So there is a chance, yes, that your metabolism could be wonky, especially if you've been a crash dieter your whole life um, and have been avoiding carbs. Once you reintroduce a macronutrient to your diet, the odds of your body needing some time to adjust is very likely. So yes, I think there's like this you know, how long is too long to give your body enough time to adjust. And I think that's where working with a coach is really helpful because I don't think there's one like yes or no to determine if your metabolism is Mm -hmm. not where it should be. Absolutely. I think that this one kind of bleeds into the next one that I was going to ask. And it was, you know, how do you then you know, you've gone from a deficit to reversing out to maintenance numbers, but now you're at a point where you just don't want to track for the rest of your life. I mean, amen to that. I totally feel you. But how does one transition transition from tracking to not tracking and then still feeling confident about your food choices and knowing, you know, that you are remaining accurate and on point with your macros? That's a hard one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a really hard question. And I think Uh, we all would probably have slightly different answers just because, you know, if you are going from tracking to not tracking that, you know, you can call it, I guess, intuitive eating is what they call it. Um, There really is no way to, you know, to know if it's accurate because the whole point is that you're not tracking, right? So I think making that transition is really when you get to a point when you just don't want the focus to be on the numbers and maybe you want to focus more on quality of food, right? So you're like, okay, I'm really happy with my weight. Um, I kind of, I've done this for so long. I can eyeball maybe, you know, four ounces of chicken and kind of know what it looks like. And, you know, I know that I can have sweet potatoes every, like you just kind of know what works for your body. I definitely wouldn't suggest it for someone who's brand new to tracking. I think it's more for someone who feels really confident with where they've been and, they just don't want to focus on the numbers anymore. So I think 
it it comes down to just feeling I I don't know the answer because <laughs> I feel like there's not one blanket answer. I think it's just kind of you need to know that if you aren't tracking you have to use your intuition and listen to your body and kind of do what you've been doing that works for you. You know, I wouldn't like go and switch a bunch of things up. I would just kind of do what you've done and just eliminate the scale and eliminate my fitness pal and just kind of go with where mm-hmm. you are, like go with what you've been doing. What What would you guys say for that? I mean, it's I would tough. say and for my clients who want to try this out, I always just say, hey, pay attention to other progress indicators. So that doesn't mean they don't have to, like, they can continue taking their body measurements. They can continue, you know, wearing the same clothes to make sure that they're fitting right. Mm-hmm. Don't continue looking at the number on the scale, though. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, you know, keep that by your side. And so if you see them maybe creeping up, then pull back and be like, okay, maybe I'm not being as accurate as possible. And that is exactly why tracking macros is a tool because when you realize you might be taking a couple steps backwards, you can get right back to tracking and get right back to the point that you were at. And then maybe that tells you you weren't quite ready yet, which is okay. We coaches go back and forth between tracking all the time. And, you know, we don't feel like we have to be like married to it anymore. Mm-hmm. Chloe? I think that um, kind of a lot of people obviously like start to rely on tracking a lot and then when you like eliminate the tracking you kind of go into panic mode like oh my gosh I don't know what to do I don't know what to eat but in reality you're eating the same stuff like it's not like once you stop tracking you immediately have to change your entire diet which I feel like some people kind of have a little disconnect when they get there but it's like it can be as simple as just deleting like Lexus, like you said, like just getting rid of my fitness pal off your phone and eating the same meals that you've been eating. You're just not plugging in the numbers. Nothing super big has to change just because you're not mm-hmm. inputting anything into an app anymore. And I really like what you said about being intuitive and just listening right. like mm-hmm. to your body's hunger cues and to its fullness cues. And like, if you're hungry, yeah, eat, but that doesn't mean you have to go eat a pint of ice cream, you know? <laughs> You can just like keep it simple like you were before. Uh-huh. Yeah. Except on pint night, right, Lexus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was just going to say. Whoopsie. I was like, I just ate a pint of ice cream last night. Yeah, perfect. But, it, but I tracked it and it fits in my numbers. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of like piggybacking off your answer here, Chloe, because this answer is really easy for me. It's coming down to, because the question is worded how do you go from tracking to not tracking and still still feel confident about your choices? It comes down to trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't trust yourself, you're not going to make the right decisions for yourself mm-hmm. because you're going to be all over the place. So mm-hmm. building up your trust and remembering that you have tools to leverage is what's going to keep mm-hmm. you from making Absolutely. Good choices and, still. You know, one other thing I wanted to mm-hmm. add is kind of a little like challenge that I have my clients do when they're ready to kind of take baby steps towards that. Um, I tell them, okay, plate your food. Do not weigh or measure a single thing. And then after you plate it and you're eyeballing it, then weigh and measure and just see how accurate you are. It almost, it builds up their confidence so that they could see like, oh, wow, wait, I did know what four ounces of chicken looks like or whatever it might be. And so that again can be like baby steps towards not tracking at all. I play little games with myself all the time in my scale where I'll just like not, like I'll cover up the number, put whatever I need to on there and like see how close I got to the whatever I needed. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's fun. And it teaches me things at the same time. 
I'm usually pretty close. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good at it. Not gonna Are lie. you usually mm-hmm. pretty close? Yeah. With peanut butter, especially. I can yeah. eyeball peanut yeah, butter. and is. I've done the same thing. <laughs> Spot on. Oh, what a blessing. Yeah, until until I like <laughs> – until I'm like, is anyone seeing the extra spoonful like with the lick that I'm going to put in? No. Yeah. But like, oh my God, Absolutely. peanut butter is my weakness. I cannot. I literally don't even like tracking my almond butter yeah. peanut butter because I want to eat more than the serving size. So. You know, it's so sad. Oh, always. Sometimes ladies' <laughs> ignorance always. is bliss, you know? I know. <laughs> um. So moving into kind of more, I would say, simplistic questions, I felt like two of these kind of can be combined here. So someone had asked, you know, what's the importance of fiber? And then um, another question was, any tips and tricks for being regular with bowel movements? I felt like those... those Fiber! I know, right? (laughs) That just answered themselves. (laughs) But I do feel like there are definitely other tips and tricks we can give women for their bowel movements. Um, I've actually had quite a few clients who've been struggling um, going to the bathroom every single day. And so, and I I feel like it's become way more prevalent recently, but yeah. So I just wanted to stress. I know that was like the number one thing I was going to say. Um, have any of your clients been struggling with any bowel movements or hitting their fiber recently? All of my clients. I definitely have ladies struggle with hitting fiber all the time. Yeah. That's the, that's a big thing I see. And a lot of times they'll Mm -hmm. say like, I need to hit my fiber. I need to hit my fiber. How do I hit my fiber? So there's so much around fiber that we (laughs) see all the time. Well, do you send them to the helpful doc in the habit portal? I do actually. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Let's just name off like a quick, like few sources of fiber and what's the benefit of fiber? Berries. Yeah. Fruits. Beans. Vegetables. Avocados. Chia seeds. Mm Mm-hmm. Bread. Legumes. Bread. There's so many things. So, so many things. So many. And they're all so good. I also I also cheat and I use a fiber supplement. But that's, I mean, that's, but that's great. Philium husk. Yeah. Philium mm-hmm. husk. You can buy a bag of it at Trader Joe's and it's like seven grams of insoluble fiber and eight grams of soluble. And I just put a, a tablespoon into my smoothie and mm-hmm. it's great. So Is it flavored? No, it's, it's – it, you can't taste Does it. Have any- that's yeah, perfect. perfect. See, yeah, a lot easy. of people probably don't even know that supplement exists, though. And so, uh, again, it actually, it's kind of very similar to protein powders, right? If you're struggling to hit your protein number, supplement with protein powder. Same thing uh-huh. with fiber. If you're literally not able to fit it or hit it with your foods that you're eating, then might as well just throw that supplement in. Mm-hmm. And fiber, and one. don't forget about water. Yes. And water. all of the water in the world yes (laughs) yes so I mean at some point it's gonna work I'm telling you (laughs) so fiber obviously keeps you fuller longer it helps you go to the bathroom so those are two very important reasons behind fiber and uh definitely one tip for bowel movements Yes. Oh, well, I what, have like a few tricks because I have IBS and major issues in this department so no yeah girl take the floor a couple of them are a little um untraditional, but that's okay. So no fiber, like I said, I take a fiber supplement in addition to, you know, all the whole food sources that I do eat, which 
I would say I even I'm above 25 grams, even with just like the whole foods, but then I also supplement. Um, something else I personally do is I take a magnesium supplement at night. It's kind of a double whammy because it also hits sleep. Magnesium before bed is wonderful for sleep, but it also is known to help tons with, um, bowel movements. And then my untraditional one, which I'm just going to throw out there, which who knows what people think, but I also get colonics, um, which can clear you out and help to re get things moving in a natural way. So I haven't done them since before pregnancy, but, um, I used to get monthly colonics where they would like clean you out. And then it was just like regular, regular, regular. So if you're in a city where that's available to you, I'm sure they aren't everywhere, but it, um, was one of the best decisions I ever made for myself. So that's a really good way to kind of kickstart things. If you have issues going to the bathroom, it works. I've always wanted to try it just out of curiosity. <laughs> oh, they're in it changed it, my life changed. But I also again had severe issues where like I've gone extended periods of time without going to the bathroom like you don't even want to know how many days. Um so for me it was like night and day like life changing. It probably wouldn't be that catastrophically changed like you know amazing for other people, but for me it was mm-hmm. like whoa, I'm going to like budget for this. Like it's expensive. It's like getting a massage every month, that type of thing. Like budget wise, it's Mm. not cheap, but I was like, I need to do this. Like, this is very important for me. So it was really eye opening. So who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Flush it right out. Literally. literally. I love that you said the magnesium thing because all of my clients currently struggling with their bowels, I have been suggesting that. And I take a magnesium supplement. I've actually have for years now. And by the way, you want to get magnesium citrate. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that right? Don't, there's three yep. other, or there's like different kinds of magnesium. you got to mm-hmm. get this citrate. That's C-I-T-R-A-T-E. So f- pill form, or you can get the brand called mm-hmm. Calm, um, which is a magnesium powder. And you literally drink it like tea before bed. So and honestly, whatever you, you right to sleep. Fizzy and yes, literally right I to sleep. I definitely know, that. whatever you prefer. But um, in addition to all the other benefits, Lexus said, it also helps with muscle soreness, which is, a, yes, yes which, yeah. mm-hmm, which is another reason why I started implementing it. But I used to have constipation issues. I actually kind of still do. I'm so routine. If I miss my window in the morning, I will not go for mm-hmm. a couple of days and mm-hmm. it's awful. So, um, that has been my savior over the years yes. for sure. So I know that you had mentioned water, page. So how much water should we be drinking in a day and why is water important? Digestion. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a hundred reasons. Uh, but no, we recommend ha- at least half your body weight in water. For some people, that's a lot. Um, I mean, I think for some people, drinking water is one of those things that you just don't think about unless you like really start to get in the habit of having a water bottle by you at all times. And once you feel that level of hydration, you almost like can't go without it anymore because I don't know, it's like something about like your skin. You can just tell, I feel that energy slump at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. If I don't, um, especially if I've had like a harder workout during the day, so yes, it's extremely important. Well, I, f- I feel like a lot of people don't know the energy part because one of my clients just had an aha moment where I actually made her get one of those jugs that has like the times of the days on it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to make, cause she's just has been really, and she admits that she's horrible at drinking water. 
And for maybe a couple of days, she's like actually drank the entire jug. And she was like, it was, she was like flying off the walls with energy. (laughs) I have to say, I have to say water for my clients is like a really big issue. And it's so funny because I actually, my grandmother, who is like one of my She's my best friend. She also like doesn't drink water. And so for years I've been telling her, Graham, Graham, just please drink the water. Like this is what you're going to do. You're going to set alarms in your freaking phone. Okay. To go off. Because mm-hmm. Seriously. People forget that much. Like me, like this is by me everywhere I go. Like there, I, I always am drinking, mm-hmm. but for other people, they literally can go the whole day without, <laughs> without <laughs> one like yeah. measly plastic water bottle they're like oh I've drinking a third of it like even my husband who's working from home right now I'm like can you freaking drink your water I'll go in and like pour it down his throat I'll make him do a chugging contest in front of me to make sure I can see him drinking it like so I have my grandmother set alarms on her phone and so I told a bunch of my clients to do that as well and another thing I noticed is a lot of my clients have headaches and for me I have suffered from headaches Mm. and migraines since high school I was actually on a prescription medication for it at one point it was so brutal And hydration is like directly linked to headaches. Almost 70% of headaches are caused by like when you're, when you're dehydrated. So I've just told so many of my clients, it's so important. Like it's, it's up there with sleep for me, honestly, in terms of drinking water. Like that's how I would rather you skip a workout and like hit your water. Like that's how important it is to me, honestly, um, in all aspects (laughs) of your life. So don't miss the water so important. Preach, girl. Preach. I'm trying. I'm trying to get it in people's heads. People think it's just like a joke and that it doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh my God. No, there are so many <laughs> benefits to water. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I would say the only downfall with the amount of water I drink is Pain that I- all the time. Yes. And I go the bath. I can't, I can't not go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I'm like, when is there going to be a day I don't wake up at 3 a.m. to go to the bathroom and it's just not possible, but it's okay. It's Wait okay because I get feel better. One day. <laughs> <laughs> the peeing, the peeing in the middle of the night, or just peeing in general, like it's a literal joke. The amount of times I'd pee is just. I think I have the smallest bladder always. Oh. I'll pee like every 10 minutes sometimes. I'm like, I just went and I already have to go again. It's so annoying. So annoying. But it's worth it. But ladies, you're flushing out the toxins. Exactly. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I actually notice it way more. Then when I like have uh, literally, I'm just aging myself here, but like I'll have a drink and just, I mean, diuretics just right through me, just going through. And I'll notice it even the next day. Like if I'm actually consuming a lot more water after I've had like a night out or a couple of drinks, like that's all it takes these days. Um, I just notice myself constantly going. I think it's just trying to flush it out of my body. This Mm -hmm. is such a like kind of a graphic podcast and realizing we're talking about like poop and pee, but I'm just going to keep going here. Mm. I like have contests with myself to see how clear I can get my pee. Like the least yellow, (laughs) like the better it is. That's like, I'm like, Ooh, like that means I've been really hydrated today. Like less yellow pee is the way to go. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to know what I have done in the past. (laughs) I have to admit it. Oh, God, I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous. No, no, because uh, I'm such a weirdo. I have literally timed my oh, keys yes. to see how long I can For go. sure. Honestly, when I was younger, um, I always did it. This, I always did this with my grandma. Whenever she would like take me out somewhere and we like had to go to the bathroom, we like each went in our different stalls, did our thing, and then came out and I'd be like, mine was 12 seconds. And she'd be like, oh, mine is only nine. I'm like, dang it. That's <laughs> like so we nine like, second pee. Just, oh my I'm God. You want to know what my record is? <laughs> yeah, my record is, is like two minutes. Ooh. Like I'm just I had to pee. Flow. 
Just straight yeah. flow. <laughs> I'm so impressed. I guess I've had times like that when I'm yeah. drinking. Exactly. So you guys, it's yeah. it's actually kind of fun. Like then you just try to <laughs> you try to beat yourself. So Oh my god, so funny. <laughs> okay, honestly, I grew up with brothers. I am yeah, so yeah. gross. I I Oh my god, yeah. you are not. <laughs> It's okay. I love it. So, ladies, if you need to make it a game, just time your pee. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving on. We only have a couple more left, but um, I actually love this next one. So, how do you deal with the all or nothing mentality? Um, You know, sometimes if you kind of let yourself go in a moment with a meal – you kind of want to throw your hands up and say, fuck it, right? And just eat whatever you want the rest of the day because you already ruined your day. And I know that every single one of us at least has one client that is has gone through that or is still going through that. So um, how do we deal with that as coaches? I actually had a phone call this morning and we talked a lot about that. And my main advice for her, I, as hard as this may seem to do, because like when you get into that, like when you start going down that hole, it seems like you're just like completely blacked out. None of the rest of the world matters. But I told her, I was like, you just have to try to really like stay grounded in the present moment and realize like, this is going to please me now, but I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. I'm probably going to feel like shit right after I eat it too. And like, do I want that? Do I want to continue feeling like this? So I think just really like, coming back to yourself and focusing on like what you're working towards and it's not going to be forever that you can't or don't need these things but like for the time being I think just once you realize that like you have some goals set in front of you you can kind of like come back to it and be like you know what I don't need this right now and just move on and you'll feel better for it afterwards totally mm-hmm. absolutely I love that answer yeah that was such a good my first question to my clients is, what did you eat to make you feel out of control? And let's say it was French fries. And I'm like, well, why haven't you been implementing French fries more often so that you don't feel out of control? That's my first question. We never want you to feel like you have to restrict yourself from a certain food. And in my experience, you know, I have the biggest sweet tooth and I used to do that with um, chocolate. If I gave in to chocolate, I would binge on chocolate and now I eat chocolate every single mm-hmm. day. And so it's kind of like, okay, why is there this loss of control around that certain food? Is it because you're restricting yourself from it and what can we do to get you more confident of being able to eat it and not feel like you have to spiral out of control? Yeah. So I think that's kind of my first step with my clients um, to try to dig a little deeper behind maybe that emotional component of that food. I like that. I've never thought of it that yeah. way. That's good. And also like when I read the question, sometimes if I ruin if I ruin one meal and let my le- I let myself go, how do I deal with the all or nothing mentality? It's like that's why I feel like I always am telling my clients and I practice this as well. It's like the balance in life, right? Like you can you can have like if I'm having in and out and I know I'm going to have in and out and I'm going to go crazy and I'm going to have the burger and the shake and the fries, like that doesn't mean the whole weekend's ruined now. It's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to enjoy it. And I, and then the next day I just get right back to where I was. It's like the balance you can have, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's okay to have yeah 
a crazy meal, it doesn't mean you ruined it. Because that's the whole yeah, point. It doesn't mean you didn't ruin anything. It's like it's like saying you went to work, right? And you had a really shitty day at work. You're not just going to quit, are you? No, you're just going to, you had a really shitty day. And like the next day you get up, you put your clothes on and you hope that it's a better day at work. And you just kind of truck along, mm-hmm. you know, or with your workout. Sometimes you have shit workouts and like, you're not going to quit the gym. You just go back the next day <laughs> and you pray that it's better. And so It's just all about the balance. And like, that's why I say to plan to have those crazy meals or untracked meal. What I don't like to call it a cheat meal, but, um, you know, I call it an untracked meal. That's what I did. I always have at least one. And that's why I implement those. Or that's like Zan, you said you eat the chocolate every day. That way you don't binge on it. It's like, it's okay to have those things. It's you're not ruining anything. It's just, you're adding it in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I was literally just going to say you're a testament to that, Lexus, Like, but you plan those untracked meals, yeah. right? And so that's also kind of taking a different perspective and saying like if there is a food that you really, really want, plan for it. So it, it isn't spur of the moment to where you feel like, oh, I just messed up my whole day because I didn't account for that or allot that into my macros. Yes. And so again, if you're feeling this way, getting out of that black and, black and white mindset, it's maybe just planning a little bit more behind those so-called off-limits. Pre-logging. So. That's why I preach yes. pre-logging like over every because you can plan ahead and have those things with zero guilt at all. It's the best. Yeah, absolutely. So our last topic slash question um, is around body positivity, which I know is just so, so important and relevant on social media. And so a question that we had come in said, how or what are some tips and ways to bring more positivity to your everyday? I think being in quarantine, um, it's a little bit, it's been a little easier to not compare yourself since you're not, you know, seeing as many people or as as often. But now that social activities are happening again, how do you not let those negative thoughts creep in? Yeah. Um, I think too, because we're staring in our computers for the majority of the day now and nitpicking every single thing. I mean, I'm even finding myself do it and I have never really had those like thoughts before, but I'm just constantly staring at the computer screen and myself in it. I'm not even like looking at other people. Sometimes I'm just like looking at me and seeing what I can pick apart. So I think there's some psychology around that. Just been like reading a few articles about that. So anyways, to kind of answer the question, I think the first step that you need to take is getting off social media, like not spending all day on your phone right now. I know that's tough because if you're unemployed or your work, you're not working as much as you're used, you're used to in your office job. I think it's easy to get like sucked in. Um, but I think what you should do is find more body positivity accounts because I found myself, um, only following bodies that I thought I should have one day or idolizing bodies that are not realistic to what my body is ever going to look like. And so that's instantly setting me up for, negativity. Now I'm not saying that I don't follow anybody that doesn't look like me. I absolutely do. And I love, you know, all of the different bodies that us women have. And I think we should celebrate all of them. Um, but I think it's good to be more realistic about following people that aren't using 40 filters or, you know, face tuning their entire body. I don't even know what you call, I mean, Photoshopping, but like, I don't even know the app that you would use for that. Um, but I think, you know, the more that I, follow people that are showing like their real skin or how they look like when they're sitting down or, 
you know, not the best angles, my algorithm is also picking up on that. And I'm seeing more of that versus the very edited, very filtered bodies. So I think it says something to get rid of some of that like noise. And again, it's not to shame or be negative about anybody. It's more of just filling your feed with more realistic expectations and not, you know, fantasizing over, I was going to say the Kardashians, but now I'm like, you know, (laughs) shaming them a little bit, but let's be real. Like every single part on their body is bought. So (laughs) you have to be realistic with setting your expectations. Mm -hmm. I actually, sorry, I found the you mentioning the algorithm part was so interesting. And I know this might require some of us to do a little bit more research behind it. It's not like we're experts on Instagram's algorithm, but you do know the content that you like, the people that you follow, the things that you comment on that you're looking at, it's going to generate more suggestions of that same thing. So like Paige said, find other accounts that bring you happiness, whether, I mean, sometimes I just find, um, I follow accounts that just do quotes. Sometimes I don't want a photo of another person and just to have quotes to read. And so, um, I think that it's a great tip is to start following different things so that Instagram will start suggesting maybe a little bit more or suggesting more accounts that will bring more positivity to your life. Can I tell you that my three things that pop up on my feed are golden doodles, babies, and food or working out videos. And that's literally it. That's like the algorithm that I have generated because that's all I care about apparently. So, you know. Yeah. My entire, my entire explore page right now is just like full of Hamilton stuff. So (laughs) that's kind of where my brain is for the past couple days. You guys, she's she's watched that like eight times already. I haven't watched it. Don't kill me. Oh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, But Paige, I love everything that you've said. And like my number one tip was going to be like, like it's your Instagram feed. You can follow and unfollow whoever you want. Like I vividly remember the day when I sat down and was like scrolling through Instagram and every single person I scrolled by I was like I wish I looked like her I wish I looked like her I wish I looked like her and I was like this is driving me crazy it was just like in my brain on replay all the time and I was like I'm just not gonna follow these people anymore I think I unfollowed like 30 something like fitness models or whatever and instantly like those thoughts just didn't pop into my head anymore Uh because I wasn't constantly reminded of like how I should look. And I say that in quotes, you know, but it was like the simplest thing and it made an entire world of difference. I love that. I love that. Um, I have two quick tips that I think could really help to bring more positivity, specifically body positivity to your day. So first of all, being in quarantine, you know, we are going out for more social gatherings now. So I think who hasn't been living in sweatpants, right? Who has been, you know, makeup free, putting your hair up. Like I haven't, you know, done anything with myself in what seems like five months. So I think a lot of people are maybe feeling like, oh, I don't really not know how to feel pretty, but you haven't really gotten ready. So I think maybe, maybe, I don't know, order a new outfit or, um, try a new makeup look or curl your hair for the first time, even if you don't normally do it. Like if you are going to go out and have drinks with your friends and you're feeling a little like, oh, like you haven't socialized, right? So make yourself look pretty. It's okay to dress up for fun or, you know, um, 
put, throw on a new outfit or order, order new clothes or something. If that's going to make you feel good, like spruce yourself up a little bit, you know, sometimes I hate to say this cause I'm all for leggings and sweatpants, but like after days and days and days and days, sometimes of not caring about how you look that kind of, you feel that way. You feel icky, you know, if you just kind of go without caring for too long. So I'd say like, maybe just dress up a little bit if you're going to go out with friends and there's nothing wrong with that. And second, I think, um, why don't you compliment yourself every day? I feel like I love that Chloe, you've been journaling a lot and I kind of go on and off of journaling. It's really hard for me to stick to it. I do journal, but I just, I don't know. I, I tend to fall off, but I think if you're having issues with kind of comparison and negative thoughts and you're, you know, going out and you're, you don't want to compare yourself to other people, I think maybe a really awesome routine that you could get into every day is saying one thing that you love about yourself. And it can be physical too. Like, body positivity. I love the way my hair looks today. I love my smile. I love how strong my legs have gotten in quarantine. Cause I've been doing yoga, like whatever it is, tell yourself something every single day that you really love about yourself. There's nothing wrong with complimenting yourself. You know, it's okay to, to love something about yourself physically. So I think that is a really good kind of tip to make yourself feel good. And I, I even like one step further, like look in the mirror when you say it, like look yes. at yourself, look in your own eyes and like acknowledge that there are like beautiful things about you, you know, because yes. it's yes. one thing to just say it in the back of your mind, like, oh yeah, I look good today. But no, go in the mirror and be like, you know what? You look banging right now. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, because oftentimes like when we're vulnerable in front of a mirror, like so many people just don't even want to look at themselves. But like mm-hmm. to take that power and kind of like be in charge of your thoughts in front of the mirror, like that's crazy. It's so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Last thing I was going to add to that is I know it's obviously extremely hard not to compare yourself to others, but the only person that you need to compare yourself to is the old version of you, which is exactly why we do before and after photos. And that's what you should be focusing on is all your hard work you're looking and you're like, damn, like I love how I look. And that's really the only thing that you should focus on is how far you've gotten and how much further you're going to take this because you're turning it into a lifestyle and developing healthier habits. So yes, again, we all know it's easier said than done, but you just got to keep working at it, implement it into your self-care routine every day if you need to. Totally. Yeah. Yay. All right. I think that's all the questions. questions. Yeah. It's a good way to end. Good questions. It is. Love the questions. We all know how we have to end our finale. I don't. With I don't know. A good old macro hack of the week. Oh. Uh Lexis, take it from here, girl. I'm gonna try and do something different this time. Do it, curveball. Macro <laughs> hack. Macro hack of the week. Woohoo! Yeah, I know, guys. I know. I'm amazing. I was singing my daughter, like, sing-along lullabies today, and I was, like, trying to hit the pitch, and I was like, I'm going to focus on my macro hack, and then it just went out the window. So I I had something planned, and then I just couldn't even remember what it was, but I really did try. I liked it. A little, like... I'm sweating, laughing over here. so bad. Did you see her, like, jamming out? I wish we could see it through through the podcast microphone, you know? I sh- it should have filmed good. you actually. That's all we can say. It looks great. <laughs> it was beautiful. I got to practice for beautiful. next season. God, it's so bad. <laughs> 
Okay, who wants to start off first? Chloe. Chloe, should you do the honors? This is your first yeah. one. And hers so is good. Exciting. Take All it, right. girl. My macro hack. When putting your meal together... I like to jot down everything that I'm using, all the measurements down on a sticky note, and then log it all afterwards. Because I know sometimes if I worry about putting this chicken in and then, okay, hold on, let me add it to my fitness pal. Okay, let me pour this dressing on and then let me add it into my fitness pal. It seems overwhelming and it takes forever. So just make your whole meal, jot down either on a sticky note or in your phone notes what you put on don't even worry about it until you're ready to log eat your food enjoy your meal and then just plug it all in afterwards you have it right there on the sticky note it's so I easy I love mm-hmm. that so much yeah who's next Paige oh okay. <laughs> Paige is next calling you out girl <laughs> um I have been very inspired by mocktails lately and um, one of my best friends does this. She was doing just like Topo, I don't know how you say this. To- Topo, Topo Chico. Chico. Is that how you say it? Okay. Uh-huh. Topo Chico with that? crystal light in it. So you could really do any sparkling water, Zan. It's like a, it's like a sparkling water. Yeah. Oh, I was you like, You could do any sort that? of sparkling water. It could be, you know, yummy like watermelon bubbly or whatever. That one's top of mind for me because I just had it. That's but so um, then you add like crystal light to it or like a Mio or true lemon like additive. And then it kind of comes like this little mocktail. So if you're kind of used to or wanting or craving um, an alcoholic beverage and you just don't either A, want it like that badly enough to track it or B, just like, I don't know, maybe you're trying to take a night off. I'm trying to think of another reason why you wouldn't want it. <laughs> but, um, anyways, <laughs> yes, I would just recommend going that route because it's basically zero macros on the whole. I mean, crystallite might have a carb, so regardless, <laughs> I wouldn't track it, but, um, yeah, it's just a nice little switch up. I think Kale Couture has been doing a lot of them too. I haven't tried any of hers, but they look fantastic. Oh, Aubrey. Well, anything she does, we trust. Yeah. So, Aubrey, we trust. <laughs> I know. I just ate the s'mores one bar that her and Madeline recommended, and it lived up to the hype. My new favorite flavor Yum. by far. Good. Incredible. There's like white chocolate chunks inside Ooh. of it. It's wow. Oh, I gotta get me one of those. Oh yeah. Yum. Or I think they, maybe they're like marshmallow. They tasted like white chocolate. I don't know. Oh it was gosh, delicious. That phenomenal. So. Um, my macro hack is about all of the spiked seltzers that are so popular, you know, White Claws, Trulies, you name it. So on the back of the can of a Truly, it says it's 90 calories and two grams of carbs. Everything else is zero. Literally not possible. Not possible. Sounds like a dream. Yes. I'm sorry to crush all of your hopes and dreams right now, but please do not barcode scan this in because it is not accurate. So... It's basically, you know, alcohol is, I guess, you know, the fourth macronutrient, right? It's not, it's, it's hard to track. And so there's different tricks around it. But for example, two grams of carbs is eight calories. So that can is 90 calories. Where's all the rest of the calories, right? And so you're not accounting for that. So our trick, if you want, I mean, you can track it as either carbs or fats, or a combination of the two. But let's say, for instance, we're just going to do carbs. You're going to take the 90 calories, you're going to divide it by um, four, and then, right? Yes. I'm like totally like cannot do math yeah. like 
out loud right now. Yes. You take the 90 calories, you divide it by four because carbs are four calories per per gram. Four grams per gram. And that, God dang it, I always (laughs) say it the wrong way. It's okay. We totally know what you mean. You guys, I I promise I know what I'm talking about. You totally. I, Four I calories per gram. Good. <laughs> Good Lord. Okay. So that ends up being, I mean, guesstimating, let's just say 22. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good guess. 22 grams of carbs. So that is a significant difference between two grams and 22. Mm-hmm. So just track it like how we have taught you to track alcohol and don't trust that it only has two grams. I, I'm sorry, I on, but it I get that question I honestly all the time. So people want to like ask that. my husband, who's an attorney, how that's legal. How can you literally tell? I don't get it. Like, where are the calories invisible? Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, I genuinely want to know, know how that's legal for them to 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 market that that way. Like, it's a lie. Like, I don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you guys get away with that? Mm-hmm. What the heck's going on? Yeah, I think if you Sugar. get like super sciencey with it it has to do with like the makeup of the molecules in alcohol because like you know carbs and fats and proteins all have like a different structured chain but alcohol is like different I think I don't know I'm not a science major but I learned about that at some point in my life yeah wow that makes makes more sense sounds very complicated (laughs) it is but but makes sense top it off Lexus okay (laughs) It's my turn. So one of the things that we talk about all the time is people's fear of eating out and not being able to track and feeling like they're always guesstimating and, you know, hoping that they didn't just pour oil like back in the kitchen on their chicken breasts or whatever. So you can't control everything when you're eating out, but you can control something. So my hack is don't be afraid to bring your own favorite condiments when you're on the go. So um, they have little mini bottles of hot sauces you can keep in your bag. You can put some everything but the bagel seasoning shaker in your purse. Who cares? Like take a little container of your favorite bolt house dressing and pour it in, portion it out before you leave. I have done that so many times. The amount of times that I have gone to Mexican with my husband and made my Joseph's lavish chips beforehand, put them in a Ziploc bag and brought them. So he gets the regular tortilla chips for the salsa and the guac. And I use my pre-portioned, pre-logged lavish wrap chips that I've made. And like, I just bring them to the restaurant and I eat them out of the bag. Who ca- You know what I mean? Who really cares? And so I just think it's important to remember that you are in control of, you know, what you're eating. So if you are going to go out to eat and you don't really know everything perfectly, what you do know is like the condiments you're using in the sauces and things like that. So don't be afraid to bring your own stuff. No one's going to look through your purse or care if you come out with, you know, your little shaker shaking it on your meal. Maybe just so, don't try that in like a first date. <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely try that in a first okay, date. Like, he yeah, he's okay, okay. Into. Okay. So, okay. Oh, that's a good point. Very though. true. You're right. Yeah. If you're meeting a Tinder date, that may be a little bit of a turnoff. <laughs> okay. Hired, you signed, right? you like, signed up for this. I'm you're fine trying with to like the condiment. Yeah, the condiment's probably fine, but like the bag of chips might be like, whoa. She's crazy. <laughs> Let them well, judge you. Let them judge you. We'll, we'll you just do surprise you. them later with doing it. And then at that yeah, point, exactly. yeah, you know. Be like, oh, we're comfortable yeah. now, oh, so I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was season three finale. Yay. Yes, another amazing season. And um, of course, we will have a season four. 
So um, as always, if there are topics you guys are dying to know more about, let us know and we'll make sure that they are in the next season. Amazing. That's it for now. We'll miss yes. you while we're gone. But we're not going too far. Let's get real. You'll see us on Instagram all the yeah. time. Yeah. We'll be back. <laughs> Great. Yes. Bye. Bye. Cheers, ladies. <laughs>